Hey there. Thank you for listening to the Wesley Memorial Podcast. This is Clark Chilton, Associate Pastor of Contemporary Worship and Evangelism. For the month of September, we're going to be looking at what the Bible says about family, and the sermon series we're doing is called Family Life. We're going to look at some of the practical things the Bible has to say about marriage, singleness, parenting, and more. So dig in with us. We hope this series is a blessing to you. And thanks again for listening. Good morning, church. Our text for the day comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And we'll find that text in chapter 2. And I'll begin reading at verse 19. As you're looking for that text, let me remind you that we are continuing in a sermon series on relationships, on family life. And today we're going to be looking at one of the most important relationships that we have and that is our relationship to the family of Jesus. Remember that one day when Jesus was doing ministry, his mother and his brothers came to him, and when the people told him that his mother and his brothers were outside of the house looking for him, Jesus said, Who are my mother and my brothers except those who do the will of God? So the family of Jesus is an important family, and our relationship to the family of Jesus is important. And our text for the day is found in the book of Ephesians, which is the best place in the New Testament to look for that marvelous plan that God has to use the church, the people of Jesus, to bring everything in creation under the authority of Jesus. So Paul is talking about the family of Jesus, the church, beginning in verse 19 of chapter 2 of Ephesians. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Particularly in this age, it seems that people do not understand what the church is. Or who the church is. The church is not a building, but the church is a people. Wesley Memorial Church is blessed with a tremendous facility that some great people here in High Point back in the 50s and the 60s envisioned and then brought to fruition. And we love our facility, we love our building in which we can gather as the church, and particularly our sanctuary, always serves to call our minds Godward and heavenward. But as much as we love our building, we understand that the church is not a building, but the church is a people. I hear a lot of people in this society say something like, They're spiritual, but they're not religious. I'm not sure that they really understand the definition of either of those words, spiritual or religious, but I think what they're saying when they say that 
is they are spiritual, but they are not into organized religion. And really what I hear when I hear people say that is they're into their spirituality. They're just not willing to allow other people to be part of their spirituality. But when we look at the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, we see that God delights to work through people, work through groups. In the Old Testament, God worked through primarily the nation of Israel. In the New Testament, God sent Jesus who called out a people beginning with the disciples and then that became the church, the people of Jesus in the world. So the church obviously is not a building, but the church is a people. The church is not an organization, but rather an organism. It always bothers me a little when I hear people talk about the church as if it's just another nonprofit organization. And we share some similarities with other nonprofit organizations, but we are that and much more than that. And it really bothers me when I hear people refer to the church as a business. Now, certainly, there's a business type aspect to the life of the church, just like I hope there's a business type aspect to your family's life. But we, the church, are much more than a business. Even a biological family is much more than a business. We are a movement. We are a movement that began in the first century AD, built on our roots in our Jewish faith, and it has continued as a movement throughout the last 2,000 years. Listen again to how the Apostle Paul describes the church, the family of Jesus. He says that the church is the household of God. The church is the family of God. The church is the household of God built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the cornerstone. So the foundation has been laid and once the foundation has been laid, it has not and will not ever be laid again. The foundation is Jesus Christ, who is the chief cornerstone, the chief keystone. He is the foundation and the stability of this building. And it is the preaching of Jesus Christ through the apostles and the prophets. Paul goes on to say in our text for the morning, in him the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord. We are the dwelling place for God in the earth today. We don't go to temple to worship. We are the temple. We are the temple based upon the foundation that's laid in Jesus Christ, and we are the family of God. He concludes this text by saying, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. Again, we don't go to temple to worship. We are the temple of the living God. So that's who we, the church, are in human history. When we look at 
the creation of the church. We see that the church was Jesus' idea. The church was based upon the teaching, the preaching of the apostles as they proclaimed Jesus Christ. So the church is not based upon the latest spiritual fad. Those come and go. The church is not based upon the latest, most popular spiritual or social concern in the world. We are based on the foundation of Jesus Christ as Jesus Christ was proclaimed by the apostles and the prophets. We see a picture of the church in heaven in Revelation chapter 7. We know that when we think about the people of God in this world, we know that the people of God is one. The church is one, holy apostolic. So whether the church is on earth or the church is in heaven, the church is one. There is but a thin veil that separates the people of Jesus on this earth from the people of Jesus in heaven. And we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses as they watch us run the race from heaven as we run here in this world. In Revelation chapter 7, we see a vision of the church in heaven. And this is the way John the Revelator described that vision. After this I looked, and there was a great multitude, that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, the lamb robed in white. So you see the picture of the church in heaven, marvelously diverse, made up of people, a great multitude from every nation, all tribes, people, and languages. Some people, I think, prefer not to be part of the church of Jesus Christ here in this world because the church contains people that are not of their tribe, not of their group. But the church is the people of God called out by the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, foundationed upon Jesus Christ. We need to remember that everyone who belongs to Jesus belongs to everyone who belongs to Jesus, whether they are here in this world or in the world to come. And we believe in the communion of the saints, the people of Jesus, and that church is one. So that's the biblical vision of the family of Jesus Christ, the church. I have given my life and my resources to the work of the church. Now I'm the first to admit that church work is oftentimes messy and chaotic because church work by definition is people work. And people are sometimes messy and chaotic and relationships with people are messy and chaotic. And just like all the other relationships that we have in our lives, we know that relationships are important. And relationships are worth the chaos and the messiness that they bring into our life. We know that all relationships bring great joy to us, and all relationships also open us up for great pain. 
And the church is the same because the church is a people in relationship, knit together through the power of the Holy Spirit, centered upon Jesus Christ. I'm sure that there are many, many other things I could be doing with my life and my resources, but there's nothing, absolutely nothing, I would rather be doing than giving my life and my resources to the work of God in this world through the church of God. The church is God's plan to bring about the redemption, the transformation of the world. We Methodists say in our book of worship that the church was established for the conversion of the world. We are the people of God worshiping God through the power of the Holy Spirit in this world and as transformed people, we are part of the world to transform the world around us. So the church is God's plan. And I'll admit to you, there's some days that I wish God had a different plan for saving the world than through his people, the church. Sometimes I wish that God would simply use the angels from heaven to do the work of God, but God in God's great grace has so dignified human beings to use us in God's work in the world. So the church, as the Bible tells us, is the body of Christ. That's one of Paul's favorite images or metaphors for the church. We are the body of Christ. That means we are the physical presence of Jesus animated by the spirit of Jesus in the world. We are the only body that Jesus Christ now has in the world. And Jesus does his work through us. The Bible also says that the church is the bride of Christ. Again, hear the relational language. Jesus is the bridegroom. The church is the bride of Christ. And that tells us how deeply we are loved by Jesus, the bridegroom. We see that language throughout the Gospels. We hear that language later in the book of Ephesians. And we see that language again in the book of Revelation. The church is the bride of Christ. And that tells us about the relationship and the degree of intimacy and closeness between the church, the people of Jesus in the world, the bride of Christ, and her bridegroom. So obviously I have given my life and my resources to the work of the church, and I've never regretted giving my life and my resources to something that is eternal something that will change the world around us and make an eternal difference in people's lives. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to make sure that you're part of the people of Jesus, the family of Jesus in the world. As you organize and orchestrate all of your relationships, remember this very important relationship. According to this text from the Apostle Paul that I read in Ephesians, this building, this temple, this household of God, 
this presence of God at work now in the world is continuing to be built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. I hope that you accept this foundation as proclaimed by the apostles and the prophets and the biblical witness. I hope, friends, that you know Jesus Christ. But I want you to be forewarned that when you know Jesus Christ and you invite Jesus Christ into your life, he wants to bring also into your life all of these wondrously diverse brothers and sisters that are ours in Jesus Christ. So when you think about the church, think about it in a biblical sense. Think about it from Jesus's point of view. And may we, may we love the church to the degree that Jesus Christ loves the church. May I pray with you? Gracious God, you have given us Jesus Christ, and in him we see your image. We thank you for all that you have given us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for our salvation, our deliverance, the gift of your spirit. And we thank you that through Jesus Christ, you have made us a people. God, I pray that we'll be found faithful doing the task to which Jesus has called us. May we truly live as the body of Christ, the very physical presence of Jesus in the world. And may we sense that we are desperately loved as the bride of Christ. So God, we thank you for the relationship we have with you through Christ. And we thank you for the relationship that we have in the family of Jesus, all of our brothers and sisters. In the powerful name of our living Lord, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.